Gossip at the Corpse Cart contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to Gossip at the Corpse Cart. It's the place. It's the gag place. It's the, it's the gag place. Mm-hmm. It's my highlight of my month, personally. Uh, big same. <laughs> this is my favorite recording that we do. Yeah. While we are still missing Kenyon, she is still incubating uh, an alien mm-hmm. in her body. Yep. Yep. When this is released, that probably will not be true anymore. God willing. Please, good lord. <laughs> but as of now, it's still just myself, Lucy, and Amanda. Yep. Hi, I'm Amanda. Hi. Hey. Hi, hi, hi. And this is Gossip at the Corpse Cart, where we, two of the three wine and crime gals, talk about some weird shit that you people have sent to us, and mm-hmm. we couldn't be more thrilled about it. Mm-hmm. And since mm-hmm. since Kenyon is gone, Amanda and I have been popcorn reading your coven confessions y'all and it's really fun yes and our amazing production manager andrea pulls them from the email for us so that we're still not we have no idea what we're gonna read we are in pitch blackness (laughs) y'all you guys are weird your bowels are not okay no oh last month it was like all bowel shit i'm still reeling from the (laughs) dysentery i am <laughs> oh my god. Oh, okay. So before we get started, <laughs> the reason what? I was giggling when we first started recording is why I rem- <laughs> I follow a cartoonist on Instagram and I think they they do cartoons for like the New Yorker and stuff. Sure. And they posted one today that was like there's like a whole theme, a whole bunch of like airport or air travel themed cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> one of them just topical. Had like, you know, people sitting on the airplane and then the caption was, this is your captain speaking and this is your captain singing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That would be me as a pilot. It fucking killed me. That is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And this is is your captain captain singing. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking stupid. I I love it. I love it so much. Real dumb. Nice. All right. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, let's get going with some crazy headlines from Amanda. Oh, I'm loving this bitch. (laughs) It's a good bitch. It's a nice bitch. Uh, Let me kick it off with something that had me absolutely fucking cracking up. (laughs) And this is exactly why, well, okay, this, among many reasons, is why I am not allowed to science. Professionally, <laughs> if it weren't for this, I would be a professional scientist. But alas, <laughs> I, I just i I would do this, and I would get in trouble. This and, is just one hurdle too many, and it's so fucking good. And when when I'm ready to go to the drive in like in a minute, I'll tell you when to go. Okay. Okay. The headline reads. A prominent scientist posted an image of a distant star he said was taken by the Webb telescope. It was actually a slice of chorizo. <laughs> <laughs> look at the drive and look how much it looks like a fucking telescope picture. 
It's the like a red planet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the <laughs> it looks so it's so fucking funny. It looks <laughs> delicious. I'm so hungry. I know. Okay, so this article reads <laughs> a red ball of spicy fire with luminous patches glowing menacingly against a black background. <laughs> this prominent French scientist Etienne Klein declared was the latest astonishing picture taken by the James Webb Space Telescope. Was this a of- joke or was he trying to like <laughs> fool people? We'll get to <laughs> By the James Webb Space Telescope of Proxima Centauri the closest star to our sun. <laughs> Fellow Twitter users marveled our at the adult details. <laughs> yeah, our adult son. Our, the closest adult son to our solar <laughs> system. <laughs> Fellow Twitter users marveled at the details on the picture purportedly taken by the telescope, which has thrilled the world with images of distant galaxies going back to the birth of the universe. <laughs> Quote, this level of detail, a new world is revealed every day, he gushed. (laughs) The scientist is amazing. Our galaxy is simply incredible. It's absolutely astonishing. Incredible. Incredible. (laughs) But in fact, as Klein later later revealed, the picture was not of the intriguing star just over four light years from the sun, but a far more (laughs) modest slice of... Of the lip sizzling Spanish sausage chorizo. <laughs> <laughs> Quote According to contemporary cosmology, no object belonging to Spanish charcuterie exists anywhere but on Earth, he said. <laughs> Klein, who has more than 91,000 followers on Twitter, acknowledged that many users had not understood his joke, which he said was simply aimed at encouraging us to, quote, be wary of arguments from people in positions of authority, as well as the spontaneous eloquence of certain images. (laughs) However, at a time when battling fake news is of paramount importance for the scientific community, many Twitter users indicated they were unamused by Klein, director of research at France's Atomic Energy Commission and a radio show producer. Whatever. I know. Get a fucking, fucking sense of humor. Seriously. It's hilarious. You, they're off. embarrassed because they fell for it. Yeah. That's why they're complaining. <laughs> Idiot. On Wednesday, he said he was sorry to those who were misled. <laughs> AKA misled. I know. <laughs> Quote, I come to present my apologies to those who may have been shocked by my prank, which had nothing original about it, he said, describing the post as a scientist's joke. <laughs> he was shortly back on surer ground, posting on Twitter an image of the famous cartwheel galaxy taken by the James Webb Space Telescope. This time, he assured users the photo was real. Can you imagine how... <laughs> if I had posted this and it was clearly a, a snack... It's, like, pretty obvious that it's a piece of meat. Like, it. The backlash, the yeah. fucking backlash. She was probably just like, what the fuck, you guys? Mm-hmm. God. I, I love it. But like, if you look at it with your brain trained to think it's a picture of a, of a star, yeah, it totally looks like a star. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's fucking hilarious and I am obsessed with it. <laughs> and viva science, viva chorizo. Oh, viva this man. Viva this man, who also might be douche of the month, but, you know. Oh. I don't have a solid douche of the month, so. I think the douche of the month is, like, the person who complained about the joke. Yeah. 
the Karen. Mm-hmm. All right, I got another one for you. Frankly, if this doesn't happen at my funeral, I will be shocked. There's like enough family drama in my life. A conga line? For something like this to happen? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, I. they wish. <laughs> These folks fucking wish. Okay, so uh, this is a, out of the Bay Area. Here we go. Casket gets knocked over at Bay Area funeral where massive family fight breaks out. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah, honey. Oh. Um, yeah, it's bad. Shit. A massive brawl broke out between up to 20 family members during a funeral for an elderly woman in <gasps> Richmond on August 6th, oh leading God. to one injury, one arrest, and $20,000 in damage. Whoa. To yeah. the body? Well, I mean, I think it happened, like, by the burial site, so they probably fucked up some tombstones, which are not cheap. No. I haven't read the involving. article yet, so. Yeah, who knows? So the Richmond Police Department said it responded to the Rolling Hills Memorial Park at 1.30 p.m. after several reports of a, quote, chaotic altercation between 8 to 20 family members who were reportedly armed. Oh, God. <gasps> Uh-oh. Sergeant Aaron Pomeroy said it was an instance of family drama that started between a brother and a sister who were attending their mother's funeral and who did not get along. And it, quote, goes back many years. Oh, God. (laughs) Deep family drama. (laughs) The brother and sister were talking and got into an argument when her boyfriend came over and encouraged her to walk away. So things are obviously getting a little heated. And the boyfriend was like, just don't just let it go. Quote, the brother started beating on the boyfriend, and that's when it escalated it, and it became a brawl, and we started to get calls, oh, uh, said the police. At some point during the physical fight, the brother got into the vehicle with the intention of driving over his sister. Uh- <laughs> Quote, he attempted to drive toward his sister in an aggressive way, but instead he struck another female and sent her to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. That victim was 33 years old. This is a fucking douche of the month. Yeah, you're right. This is insane. God. In the car, the brother also damaged the grass, knocked over and damaged headstones and vases, and broke a water main that ejected copious amounts of water and flooded the funeral plot. Oh. That's how you get 20 grand worth of damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Irrigation. Yeah, that's not good. Mm -mm. The driver also reportedly knocked over the casket. But they said the body didn't fall out, which oh. is obviously the biggest question they got because they didn't even put a period. They just finished the sentence with, but <laughs> like a spokesman said, the body didn't fall out. Did they keep it? When the brother got did out of the car, did he keep it? When the brother got out of the car, a family member hit him in the head with a cane. Oh. Like an old man hit him with a cane. Jesus. Quote, they used the cane to try to get him under control. The suspect was hit a couple times. The cane came from someone who was at the funeral. I don't know that they ever identified where the cane came from. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is, like, really over the top. Quote, we sometimes get family disturbances at the cemetery or at the church. This was no different, but it was an especially large family fight, and they said possibly armed. This one went above and beyond. Usually you don't get the injuries. In this case, it looked like they had some really bad blood. No, sh- no shots were fired. No guns were found. So well, I don't know good. who said they were armed, but as far as we know, they actually were. I mean... In this day and age, in this yeah. fucking country, it's pretty True. safe to assume someone is armed. Yeah, it's it's very possible. I, I'm always curious about, like, if 
people in coffins are like wearing shoes. Are they I fully they dressed? Are. Yeah. You include shoes with your burial outfit. Why though? What if you got to get up and take a walk? Well, because you don't want to meet your your maker, you know, barefoot. I guess. Why put them in clothes? Well, if it's like a, in a coffin, open casket, mm-hmm. which uh, there's a difference between a coffin and a casket. I think the coffin is the casket was is what you're shown in and a coffin is what you're buried in. Oh, I thought it was the same thing. No. Uh hmm. Regardless, if if you're only showing your upper half, no one's going to peer down and see if you're like even like wearing pants. Well, mark my words, I am only going to be dressed waist up and everything <laughs> below the waist is going to be fully out. <laughs> I'm going to be peeking. I'm meeting God beaver first, okay? <laughs> mark my words. Tell you right now. All right, I'll make sure of this. So, personal preference Beave out for Jesus. <laughs> so this says the brother, a 36-year-old from Bay Point, was arrested for felony assault with a deadly weapon and vandalism. So the car is the deadly weapon. Uh-huh. Not the cane. Not the cane. <laughs> Pomeroy said the Contra Costa County Contra Costa County District Attorney's Office is reviewing the charges. Rolling Hills Memorial Park said it could not comment on the incident as it's under police investigation. Police said preliminary estimates from the park suggest the fight caused 20 grand in damage. Fucking yikes. God. Well, breaking up, like fucking up a water main, that'll, oh, yeah. that's a doozy. That's mm-hmm. going to do it. You know, that'll do. That'll do a pig. This next one is, is quite precious and also like a cautionary tale. Mm. So before you drop stuff off with the Goodwill, make sure there are no stowaways in oh. your bait. I wonder if my friend Ben has any stories because he works at Goodwill. Oh, yeah. I I am going to send this article to Ben, even though Ben will eventually hear this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to wait that long. So Mm-mm. this headline reads, Hedgehog accidentally donated to Widom Charity Shop. Oh, my God. And there's a picture of the hedgehog on the drive yes. with me on the blog, and she is so Shut cute. it. She's so cute. Her little face. Oh my God. She's looking right into the camera. I know. She's a baby. I love her. She looks dead. Did she survive? She survived. Okay. And this is out of Essex County in the UK. So I will be putting on my British accent. I would expect nothing less. Here we go. Charity shop workers said they were very surprised to find a hedgehog in a donation bag. The animal was at the bottom of a bag and had been donated to the Farley Hospice Shop in Whittam, Essex. I can't talk. (laughs) Debbie DeBoltz from the hospice said the hedgehog had crawled into the bag, which had been left outside overnight. No! The animal was checked over by Ann Taylor at Hedgehog Heaven. Ann Taylor. I know, Ann Taylor Loft. (laughs) Who thought the healthy, large, adult female may have recently given birth. (gasps) That's why she's so tired. Yeah. Quote, I was concerned she could have hoglets somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Hoglets. Hoglets. Shut up. Oh, my God. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. So we needed to get her back to where she came from as quickly as possible, Mrs. Taylor said. post haste. Post haste. A a post on Facebook called for whoever, quote, accidentally donated the hedgehog (laughs) to make contact. And after it was shared more than 39,000 times, a man messaged to say he had taken the bag to the shop. (gasps) 
Quote, the next day, a couple came to collect her and take her back to where she started her journey, Mrs. Taylor said. Ms. DeBolt said she hoped the hedgehog, who they called Farley, would be reunited with her hoglets and appealed for people to not leave donations outside overnight. Oh, my God. (laughs) The very kind gentleman had sorted out some bits and pieces and left the bag outside in his carport, she said. Quote, sometime during the night, the mama hedgehog decided to crawl in. So when the volunteers went through the bag, they were very surprised to find a very large hedgehog. (laughs) So this was a wild hedgehog, not a pet? No, I think it was their pet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe not. Because this last sentence is, we and Hedgehog Haven are very keen to let people know that if you do leave stuff out overnight, just remember, wildlife can get at it. So maybe it was just a little neighborhood hedge. <laughs> so Sorry. fucking British. Yeah, it has, a, it has a name. Well, I think the people who found her have been calling her Farley. Oh, okay. Because the, the, like, the town or the little township where the shop is, mm-hmm. is, in far, is called Farley. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The oh, female God. hedgehog has been named Farley after she was accidentally donated to Farley Hospice <laughs> Charity Shop. <laughs> accidentally donated. Hoglets. Oh, God. I'm obsessed with her. It's the cutest thing in the whole world. <laughs> I know. Her I picture her. is beyond. She's just stunning. Oh, She's stunning. She is stunning. I love her. So... Best of luck to Farley. Oh. I hope you and your hoglets are living a lovely life. Send your hoglets our love. Oh, give them a kiss. Oh. This next headline is surprisingly not about me. <laughs> but at cursory glance, I really had to like think back and make sure <laughs> this wasn't me. So this reads... Minnesota man breaks into Wisconsin home to take a bath. That's not you? No. You're not the Minnesota man? I'm not. <laughs> this is all at a Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. A Minnesota man who allegedly broke into an occupied Wisconsin home last week and locked himself in a bathroom never had a chance to come clean. <laughs> <laughs> he was getting ready to take a bath when authorities arrived. Authorities say the 29-year-old St. Paul, Minnesota oh, man, classic, seriously, was filling up the tub when Chippewa Falls police, who answered the call of a stranger in the home, ordered him to come out of the bathroom. He <laughs> did, wearing only a t-shirt and underwear that was inside out. <laughs> His pants were on the bathroom floor, the Eau Claire uh, leader telegram reported. The, the underwear un- was inside out? Yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> he really yeah. was startled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The unbathed suspect had an order of alcohol, police said. You don't say. <laughs> wow. An order of methamphetamine. <laughs> no one residing in the home said they knew the man and don't know how he got in. The man told police he lived in the home with his girlfriend. Nope, (laughs) you don't. (laughs) He continued to maintain that he was in his own residence after officers told him, sir, you're, this is a Wendy's. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what they said. But they told him. Sir, this is a Wendy's. This is a Wendy's. He's in, they they literally told him, you're in Chippewa Falls, about 90 miles from St. Paul. (laughs) You are not in your house. 
The man is facing charges of burglary to a dwelling and criminal trespass. He was ordered not to possess or consume alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I wish him the best. I hope he got his bath. Yeah. And uh, yeah, careful when you're out in Chippewa Falls. Apparently you might uh, get confused. You might get too <laughs> drunk. They overserve there in Chippewa Falls. I wonder if you just like peeked into this house and is like, wow, damn, that's a good bathroom. I got to go take a bath. Mm-hmm. I've felt that way about bathrooms before. Oh, absolutely. I have loved a bathroom enough to be like, do I do a B and E, a B and B and B, a break and bathe, break and bathe, <laughs> B and B. Okay, I've got a couple more here for you. I couldn't resist more precious animal news. Oh, good. And there is a cute picture on the drive for you. So this is out of New Zealand. Seal breaks into New Zealand home, traumatizes cat, and hangs out on the couch. <laughs> that's so cute that's also you kind of seriously and look at his little like look at his little face is like his little head's cocked to the side like hello my god how cute is he what are you doing in my home right he's just there to take a bath he's here to take a bath (laughs) uh the subtitle here is young fur seal slipped into marine biologist's home through a cat flap before spending more than two hours inside (laughs) hey if you're gonna oh my god there's more pictures i'm gonna add them to the drive if you're gonna break into anybody's home a marine biologist's home is like the way to go absolutely imagine all the cool trinkets they have right Mm -hmm. then they know just what to do Mm -hmm. this says a curious young seal has been returned to the sea after breaking into a new zealand home harassing the resident cat (laughs) hanging hanging about in the hallway for a couple of hours while the children slept upstairs and miraculously ruining nothing (laughs) of course look at that face yeah Little angel would never. No. The Ross family of Mount Manganui, Manganui, I'm so sorry, (laughs) were more than a little surprised to find the New Zealand fur seal in their home, which is about 150 uh, meters, what do I want to say, from the shore on Wednesday morning. Phil Ross, who happens to be a marine biologist, said it was unfortunate he was the only one not at home at the time. Oh, Oh, son of a bitch. God dang it. That would be my life's regret if that happened and I wasn't home. I'd never leave my house again. No. Because what if it happens again and you're not, you're still not there? Like, it's not worth the risk. Don't ever leave your house. No. Just in general, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You never know what you might miss going on at home. (laughs) The big joke is that this is really the only family emergency where it would be useful to have a marine biologist in the house, he said. (laughs) I really missed my time to shine. (laughs) You sure fucking did, my dude. Super fucking (laughs) Ross and his wife, Jen, rose just before 6 a.m. on Wednesday to go to the gym-ish. That's what they get. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, there's a picture of him captured. Oh, my God. I'm adding it to the drive. Like, he's safe, but he just looks so sad to be caught. It's so cute. His little, he looks so sad. He's in a little net. (laughs) (laughs) I love him. Okay. Oh, my God. This is so cute. I don't want to go home. I know. Okay. So, as she, Jen, got in the car, something barked from underneath and shuffled away. She thought it was someone's dog and didn't really think too much of it. She returned home around 7 a.m., opening the door to find a cute little seal. Quote, it got a bit of a fright and humped its way down the hallway oh. into the spare room. That, that is pretty much how they move, though. Yeah. They hump yeah. around. Yeah. 
Ross said the seal had managed to make its way through two cat flaps to get into the home. He believes that it had encountered the family's territorial cat, Coco, outside just after Jen had left the property and had likely been inside for over an hour. Wow. Quote, the cat would have gone to defend its territory, and obviously the seal wasn't as intimidated as some dogs are. So Coco must have bolted around the side of the house into the cat flap, and the seal must have followed her. Jen woke up their two children, Noah, 12, and Ari, 10, to come and see their new pet. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, that's a picture of Coco. I'll add Coco to the drive as well. Coco is not having it. <laughs> when you see Coco, you will understand. Oh, Coco. Yeah. Oh. She's not amused by this weird dog in their house. I mean, I can only imagine Ghostface reacting to a seal in our home. Seriously. It wouldn't be good. It would not go down no, well. No, she would never recover. No. <laughs> so the children, quote, thought it was pretty cool and pretty exciting, but were totally oblivious to the fact that not many of their mates would have seals come to visit them in their house. <laughs> so, like, they didn't understand just how special this was. Oh, the seal spent time in the spare room and on the couch before Jen managed to usher it out of the front door and into the garden. <laughs> a Department of Conservation ranger turned up around 10 a.m. to take the seal back to the sea after a busy morning of seal-related calls. So the <laughs> seals were really on one that day. I guess. The seal, which the family nicknamed Oscar, oh, in a <gasps> long tradition of giving seals that name in the community. What the I, fuck? <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there. What I need land to know. is this in? I don't know, some part of New Zealand. Jesus. Proved to be polite company, Ross said, and thankfully had not defecated inside. <laughs> Quote, I think that would have been pretty terminal for the furniture. Oh, I bet their oh. shit stinks. Oh, just fish shits? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I Meanwhile, mean, we smelled those penguins. Oh, they reek. Penguins They're so are cute, disgust. but they smell so bad. And their sex noises are outrageous. Too much. Too much. Mm -hmm. Not a fan. Mm -mm. Meanwhile, Coco the cat had scampered to the neighbor's house on returning to its uh, own home. It refused to go downstairs because it was clearly pretty traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> Ross said it was not unusual to see young seals roaming about in the area at this time of year because the young ones are beginning to wean and head out on their own. Cute. Quote, I guess like all teenagers, they don't necessarily make sensible decisions. <laughs> the New Zealand fur seal population is making a comeback and recolonizing much of their former range. As cute as they may be, seals can move quickly and can inflict serious injuries if they feel threatened. They also carry infectious diseases, so don't run and cuddle a seal if one wanders into your house. Oh. The Department of Conservation recommends staying at least 20 meters away, do not make loud noises in their presence, and keep dags and children out of their way. So don't call your kids out of bed to run downstairs. I fucking would have done the same thing. I know. I would have, too. <laughs> I can't help it. But anyway, it's so cute. I'm obsessed. I love Oscar the Seal. Yes. And now I want to watch that. What's that movie? The Andre. Movie. Andre! Oh my god! Oh wow, my god! Wow, that just that just came right out, <laughs> right? And also, like, unlocked a lot of childhood memories. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's happening. So let me read my last headline so we can get to it and watch Andre the Seal. Got it. <laughs> this last headline is one thousand percent for you, Lucy, because yes. the puns are out to play in this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, they, that's my favorite torture. 
Yeah, they really they really took advantage. And yes, there is a photo on the drive to go with this as well. So the blog's going to have a lot of my pictures this month. Great. This is out of Nebraska. What the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. The headline reads, oh my gourd, Nebraska man paddles 38 miles in hollowed out pumpkin. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Dwayne oh Hansen. There's Dwayne. Dwayne Hansen says his knees still hurt after he broke a pumpkin <laughs> paddling record that actually exists. <laughs> my knees still hurt. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, this gourd is huge. I'm putting another picture on the drive. Oh These are gourd. amazing. Okay. Oh my gourd. The article reads, step aside, ultra marathoners. America has a new <laughs> endurance athlete and he's as gourd as it gets. Holy shit, that is huge. It's a kayak. It's so, he, oh my God. He, he carved a cup holder. A cup holder. I just saw it. <laughs> he carved a perfect beer can cup holder into the gourd. You guys have to go to the blog this, this man month. is my hero. Also, is it he's, my dad? He kind of looks like your dad. <laughs> he's got he's got like a New Balance tan. Yep. I think the guy behind him is actually wearing New Balances. Yep. Well, this yes. guy has the same sandal tan that my dad has at the end mm-hmm. of the summer. Mm-hmm. And I'm obsessed. And shapely feminine legs like oh, my dad. Exactly. So a Nebraska man has set a new world record after he paddled 38 miles down a river in a huge hollowed out pumpkin that he grew himself. <laughs> Dwayne Hansen of Syracuse, Nebraska, completed his journey last week. Uh, photos on social media show Hansen crouched inside the giant squash, which weighed in at 846 pounds. That is a big boy. Officials said Hansen set off down the Missouri River around 7.30 a.m. and completed his journey just after 6.30 p.m. So he was on the river for almost 12 hours, my God. Of course he needed that beer holder. Of course. Oh, God. Here we go. It might look like fun, but you'd butter not try this at (laughs) home. (laughs) 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 The 11-hour voyage appeared to take a physical toll on Hansen, who named the orange vessel Berta. (laughs) I went 38 miles down the river without standing up, and that pumpkin in my knees still hurt, Hansen (laughs) said in a video posted by Reuters. I probably won't try this again, he added with a smile. If somebody breaks this record, I will bow down to them because they are tough. (laughs) He told the Omaha World Herald he had endured collisions with a sandbar and a rock as well as heavy rain and cold. God. Quote, I thought I'll just paddle harder and warm up. I wasn't thinking about quitting, he said. I went another four to five miles and it rained again. Berta is only about eight inches above the water line. I've never paid so much attention for so long in my entire life. It was tough. (laughs) Dude, I felt that. I felt that. Oh, not being able to stretch your legs out like that. For 11 hours. Yeah. 11 hours in that gourd on your knees. Absolutely fucking not. It's like our flight to South Africa. Oh, yeah, but this is way worse. (laughs) I know. Hansen is described in the Facebook post as a, quote, longtime Nebraska resident who enjoys growing large pumpkins, gourds, and other vegetables as a hobby and was inspired to vanquish the previous record after seeing another paddler attempt it. Quote, seems like a unique, if not slightly crazy way to celebrate his 60th birthday, which was yesterday, the post read. (laughs) Hansen asked city officials to bear witness to the feat so that it would be recognized by the Guinness World Records. 
The organization has not yet validated the results, according to the Washington Post, but it confirmed it would beat the current record for longest journey by pumpkin boat. (laughs) It's currently held by Rick Swenson, who traveled 25 and a half miles in Grand Forks, North Dakota in 2016. God, Midwestern people are so fucking weird. We're so bored that this is what we do. We're gore. We're bored as gore. We're bored as out of our gore. (laughs) Pumpkins are famed for their ability to reach extraordinary sizes, with some varieties weighing over 2,000 pounds. So he, Congratulations <laughs> so he to grew. Dwayne Hansen. Yeah, he congrats, Dwayne. So do you think as it got like bigger and bigger, he was just like, yes, my yeah, time gonna is ride, coming. I'm going to ride this bitch. I'm going to ride this bitch. I got big plans for you. I got it. <laughs> anyway, those are my amazing headlines this month. Wow. Thank you all so much. So many cute animals. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll never recover. I Hoglets. love Hoglets. Jesus. Uh, I know. I just can't. So as always, if you have a funny headline for me, go to the Contact Us page on our website and use that drop down menu to select funny headline. Paste the headline in there and uh, send her my way. Oh, God. All right. Incredible. Yeah. Should we take a quick word from our sponsors? Let's do it. Self-care is always top of mind for me. My comfort Mm -hmm. knows no value. <laughs> no bounds. It's invaluable. <laughs> but in between meditation sessions and trip to the yoga studio or the nail salon, more likely the nail salon. Yeah, let's be honest. How often are you really taking care of all of your needs? Transport your mind to a world where you can relax and treat yourself to your deepest desires with Dipsy. Self-care has never sounded better. Uh, this is the truth. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for everybody. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. You can find stories about an intriguing co-worker with a British accent. Or hooking up with your hot yoga instructor. Hi. Or your nails, your nails or your nail tech. technician. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Radically inclusive, Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners, and 56% of stories are voice acted by people of color, and you have never heard celebrities like this before. You can listen to stories voiced by Sarunas J. Jackson, ER Fightmaster, and Luke Cook, and new content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories. I'm obsessed with these. They are so calming. They also have these amazing wellness sessions and sexy stories that you can read. So maybe your AirPods are not charged and you just need to read your your evening routine. (laughs) Yeah. So let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind or heat things up with a partner. For listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash gals. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash G-A-L-S. One more time, dipsystories.com slash gals and treat all your needs. Treat them. Okay, we're back. We're back Woo! to do some popcorn reading of some Coven Confessions, which is Kenyon's normal mm. segment. And but, our uh, favorite thing in the world. It's our favorite fucking thing because this mm-hmm. is where you people email in the worst thing you've ever done. Mm-hmm. And we get to read it and laugh mm-hmm. at your mm-hmm. expense. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> so last month's GAC had 
<laughs> a story about somebody getting stabbed in the eye with a pencil. Yeah. And then being like, it's not that big of a deal. Just pulled the pencil out. No, that was their classmate. Yeah. Jesus. So they, confe- they pulled it out, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The person who got stabbed didn't pull it out. The, f- the random friend pulled it out. Okay. Yeah. The random friend goes, not a big deal, walks up and just rips it out of their eye. <laughs> and so, miraculously, this person didn't lose their eyeball. Yeah. They were like, f- it actually wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So Andrea got a DM regarding that confession. Mm-hmm. So Andrea put this little note in here as a possible update. <laughs> she says, a listener DM'd us saying they thought they knew the person involved in the pencil stabbing confession. <laughs> However, after reading the text conversation between them, it was actually a different stabbing. God. Because it took place in middle school and not kindergarten, as was the one that was read on air. Mm-hmm. Which only means that this is a thing that children yes. do. Yes. <laughs> so... Seriously. Maybe teach your kids not to use pencils as weapons? Yeah. The fact that there could be so many people who are like, oh, that was a, oh, no, it wasn't. That was a different eyeball pencil stabbing. <laughs> God. Maybe it was the same person, but they have just been doing it for years. Maybe it's a serial stabbing. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway. Uh, that's so scary. I don't like it. Uh Teach your children well. Is all yeah, I and Andrea was also saying that, like, because Andrea's mom was a teacher, and oh, wasn't yeah. she saying that, like, they were getting, they were making so many reports about pencil stabbings that they, like, stopped doing it because they were like, there, it's just too commonplace. Like, we don't <laughs> care about this anymore. <laughs> we're going to let it go. It's fucking wild. I can't it's believe ridiculous. it. I love it. I love it, too. Okay. So that's a little possible kind of pseudo update for you. Mm -hmm. And here is our first confession. Okay. Hi, y'all. So I knew I had to write in after the last period confession from September's GAC. I think everyone (sighs) has one of these stories. So here's mine. Oh, no. Oh, God. Kool-Aid butt. (laughs) (laughs) He sat in Kool-Aid. Oh, God. God damn it. Okay. I got my period pretty early on around the end of fifth grade. That is early. Yeah, that's rough. After having blood leak from your bottom half, uh, and having blood leak from your bottom half is a tricky thing for most 11-year-olds to deal with. Yeah, 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. Being so young, I was terrified of the thought of shoving a tampon up there. I'm still Mm -hmm. terrified of that thought. So (laughs) pads it was. Mm -hmm. Again, 11-year-olds are not responsible humans yet, so I would generally put put on one pad in the morning and be too embarrassed to switch it out at school so it would rarely get changed changed during the day Mm -hmm. at the end of one of these days i was sitting in my last class ready to get the fuck out of there when i got out of my seat to sharpen my pencil oh no (laughs) oh god oh god i can physically feel what's about to happen yeah but also they're sharpening their pencil to stab someone in the eye probably oh no (laughs) okay when i got out of my seat to my horror there was a giant stain on the little plastic chair which i can also Mm. picture perfectly Mm mm-hmm I can only imagine my face going completely red, my heart racing. I sat right back down in the period-stained seat, anxiously waiting for the final bell so I could race the fuck out of there. I was wearing, oh, honey, 
I was wearing tan khaki style pants no. too, so it was definitely visible on my pants as well. Oh no, poor Whoa. thing. When I was finally able to leave, I ran to my friend's locker asking to borrow a sweatshirt to wrap around my waist. I thought I was home free until one of the boys from my class came up to me and asked if I had a chocolate bar in my back pocket that had melted uh, onto my seat. Yeah, bitch. That's exactly what it was. Now, oh. fuck off. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This gets worse. No, what? No. I tried to ignore him, but my soul pretty much left my body when he said, when he then said, it didn't smell like chocolate, though. Oh. Smelled oh. pretty weird. <laughs> Oh, oh, my God. God. Oh. Anyway. We, we know the smell. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that's the time a fifth grade boy smelled my period stain on a seat if he only knew. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, this poor angel. That is traumatizing. Yeah, that's bad. Oh, it's a good thing he doesn't know. He has no idea, and he never has to know. He never has he to never know. He never has to know. It's, it's uh. Sometimes yep. your brain does you a favor when you just yep. block things out. Block it out, honey. Suppress. Yeah. Shove it down. Shove <laughs> it down. Also, Amazing. not your fault. And nope. I hope you're doing better now. Seriously. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Ugh, I'm scared. All right. Here we go with the next confession. I am still making my way through some older GAC episodes that are heavily focused on bathroom-related accidents in public places. Yup. <laughs> we have a preference. Last month was brutal. Oh, so much. Olive so Garden. much going on. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> the poor Olive Garden. Anyway, well, I have a story that should fit in quite nicely and is unique from anything I have heard thus far. Uh-oh. Okay, here we go. My last job was a nonprofit administration for a performing arts performance venue. I barely had any help admitting 300 to 400 attendees at each concert, and it was a grueling task, especially in the spring when there were 20 to 30 concerts total. Whoa. So, like, that's a lot yeah. to, to do. One evening, I was completely overwhelmed by the number of attendees as I was the only one scanning those Eventbrite tickets, and the line was never ending. Oh, God. Yeah, that sounds like a nightmare. I finally, I, I worked as the audience services and box office manager for a theater that holds about, I want to say about 200 people. And it's really stressful when you're like working solo. Mm. I finally admitted everyone and decided to take a seat in the back of the theater to calm down by enjoying the evening's performance. All of a sudden, I got an urge to poop that I have not felt since I last shat my pants in ninth grade <laughs> algebra two. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, I just knew. I immediately fast walked out of the theater and down the stairs of the lobby before breaking into a full out run to get to the restrooms in time. Spoiler, I did not make it in time. Oh, my God. Also, why as adults do we still have these all of a sudden I'm going to shit my pants? I don't urges? know. I feel like we went through this long stretch where like, the things I did to my body in my 20s and I never shit myself, I could get away with anything. Mm -hmm. Now I can't get away with anything mm -mm. at all, mm -mm. ever. No. It's it's really mean. I've Your 30s are I've sharded more times in the last couple years than I have yeah, my whole life. Yeah, I probably did as a baby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I, I'm right there with you. Ugh. So if someone saw the security footage from that evening, they would literally see the moment I shat myself because I abruptly <laughs> stopped running and started shuffling the rest of the way to the restroom. Yeah, you don't want your butt cheeks to open too much. 
No, and mm. yeah, you want to keep it all in. Mm -hmm. You don't want things going down the pant legs. Mm -mm. Luckily, no one was in the restrooms, and I had a key to temporarily lock the women's restroom so that I would not be interrupted. Oh, good. I took the large stall to see what the damage was. Oh, no. Gals, my Spanx contained it all. Oh, wow. Like a seal. Miracle worker. Yeah, I was in <laughs> shock. <laughs> if I had been wearing normal underwear, my dress, undies, oh, you weren't even in pants. Shitting yourself in a dress is really rough. Ooh. My dress, undies, and probably legs would have been a mess. But because I was wearing those high-cut Spanx, all I had to do was roll the Spanx off, and I could be on my way after a quick wipe and disposal. Wow. Good for you. I That's, hope this they is didn't a have love to letter to Spanx. I hope they didn't have to throw the Spanx away. They're expensive. I know, but I probably would have shoved them in the little, like, menstrual disposal tin. If, it, well, that would have been me. If it wasn't a hopeless situation, I would have rinsed it out. And tried to clean them. Yeah, Spanx yeah. are like 70 bucks. That's true. They are expensive. Yeah. For the rest of my time at that job, I wore high-cut Spanx during high-stress work situations <laughs> just as a precaution in case my IBS acted up from my anxiety. Oh, good uh -huh. idea. I think that Spanx should low-key advertise this feature because it saved my dignity that night. <laughs> that night was also the beginning of a wake-up call to me that no job is worth shitting your pants over. Here, here. Amen. Amen and congrats to Spanx for being such an incredible product. Yeah. I love it. You wow. poor thing. I know. God. I know that feeling. You're trying oh. to you're trying to rush. You're trying to run. And then it's like, yep. well, if I continue, time is not on my side, but neither no. is like the movement Anything. of my body. Right. Right. Oh, it's so tough. You poor thing. Well, I'm glad it worked out. I hope you yeah. could salvage the Spanx. Could have been a lot worse. And yeah, right back and let us know if you kept the Spanx. <laughs> Did you keep them? Did, but, did, but did you keep did, them? Did you keep them? <laughs> Attention, Lucy. I did not keep them. <laughs> All right. Popcorn Lucy with the next confession. All right. Here's a little shorty for us. Picture it. I freshly dumped my good-for-nothing boyfriend of a long time and was feeling hot, bothered, and ready for a new piece. Yes. Love it. A guy I went to high school with a couple years back and crushed on hard messaged me, and I decided I was ready to get the old back blown out. <laughs> oh, my God. That is a visual. Wow. You were, you were painting a picture. Yep. Literally, <laughs> the next day, I was on my way to his house and ready to get my boots knocked around. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm loving these euphemisms. Yep. We went down to his parents' basement where he was living. Well, that's not a... Okay. That's a pink uh, flag. <laughs> and, wow. and did the damn thing. Mm -hmm. I got up and got dressed and noticed a little bit of blood. Oops. Mm -hmm. My period must have just started. He probably wouldn't notice. I looked down. It's all over his white sheets. Oh, been there. Obviously, this is this is you. Yeah. Obviously, your girl has to get out ASAP. So I did. I bounced. Didn't say a word. I all but fucking ran out of his house. <laughs> oh, my God. When I got my period at that guy's condo, he lived with his dad. So this, like, literally is me. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I had to, like, walk past his dad as he was having, like, his tea at the kitchen table 
to get to the bathroom oh to my. clean my all the blood off myself while the guy was still asleep in his bedroom. Oh, and then my got God. on the bus and went home with a wad of toilet paper in my panties. I forgot you had to take the bus. The oh. bus because I didn't have a car. Yeah, I mean, Y'all, public transportation so is is sustainable. I know well, it was rough. But, you know, it was rough. So I really do feel for this person. Oh God! Oh, looks like it gets worse. Okay. Oh God. Later that day, he sent me a message. He asked what lipstick I was wearing so his Ooh. fucking mom could get the stain out. <laughs> oh my God. Fucking R.I.P. <laughs> oh. Oh, I, no. I lied and told I him. I love this shade. Where did you get it? <laughs> <laughs> it's natural, baby. It is an organic stain. I lied and told him a random brand and he bought it. Five years later, we're married. No. And I'm close to his mom. They oh, my God. They still have no idea and sometimes even ask why I don't wear lipstick anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking way. And if you're curious, she couldn't get the stain out. Bless her. Nope. Nope. <laughs> sure couldn't. They're married. I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe they're married. Oh, my God. I love that Andrea nicknamed this confession Basement Boy. (laughs) (laughs) Unless they did. Oh, maybe. I don't know. It's amazing. But either way, it's phenomenal. (laughs) Amazing. They're married. Oh, my God. Why don't you wear lipstick anymore? (laughs) You used to wear so much of it. Oh, my God. That one time. Good God. Oh, incredible. All right. Should we get to another one? Mm-hmm. Here we go. I've been meaning to write in and tell this story basically since I first listened to Coven Confessions, and now finally seems like the time. First of all, I just want to say I am so, so grateful to have found you all. I am a California girl born and raised, but my husband is from Minnesota, and after some long episodes slash binging, I sometimes talk with a Minnesota twang, and he really gets a kick out of it. Oh, good for you. (laughs) Uh, Also, I found you all through an ultra-running group on Facebook-ish. How? Like, what? Which I now realize is super ironic given the deep dislike you all have for physical exercise. (laughs) Let alone running ultra marathons. Yeah, absolutely fucking not. Never. Never. I found you through an ultra running group. I mean, I guess our episodes are really long, so they're like kind of perfect for marathons. A lot of people listen while they're running. I don't That's, know why you're running, but whatever. You do you. Good, fucking good for you. Okay. Not an athlete. You do you. <laughs> not an athlete. Not a runner. <laughs> but to my confession. A few years back, I was out on what would be a very typical morning run for me through the lovely beachside town of Marina del Rey. That is actually super gorgeous. It's right next to Venice, and I love it. I might I usually be outside more if I lived there. Yeah, thousand percent. I usually run along a pretty popular bike path that winds through Venice the marina, and the adjoining beach towns. The sections in the marina go through docks, some storefronts like Trader Joe's, restaurants, etc., a park, and boat yards. Boats not currently in the water, so boats being stored on land. Well, I happen to be on the lactose intolerant side of life. <laughs> it can have a pretty sensitive stomach to various food items. There we go. Here it is. 30s. The night before what would normally be a very typical run of mine, my husband and I ordered pizza. 
I happened to get pizza that was full gluten, even though I was gluten-free at the time, and was made with regular, meaning not vegan, cheese. So full of fucking dairy. Uh Like expected, I had some issues digesting, but went to bed and thought nothing of it. I had a less than normal morning BM, but thought I was done by the time I had set out for my morning run. Things were going fine for the first couple of miles. First couple of miles. Jesus Christ. (laughs) How fucking. Okay. No, no. It's not worth it, Amanda. Don't try to break it down. You won't understand. Okay. (laughs) This just isn't isn't for us to understand. This this just, it's not for you. It's not your lane. Okay. (sighs) First couple of miles. And then it hit me hard and fast. I had to shit. Now, (laughs) I was two miles from home and there was no public toilet in sight. Panicked and literally on the verge of shitting my pants, I jumped into the nearest bush right off the bike path and in broad morning daylight, pulled my (laughs) pants down, squatted and proceeded to do the deed. Mind you, the bush was more of a shrub and only blocked one portion of me. One portion. (laughs) One portion. (laughs) One small portion. Behind the bush was a boatyard and parking lot. After using some very sad leaves to wipe myself off, I emerged from the bush and tried to act natural like nothing had just happened. (laughs) Oh, no. Something natural did happen. I mean, it did. (laughs) As I emerged, a group of runners who I know and have ran with ran by. I tried to fumble with my phone and look down and make zero eye contact as they went by. To this day, I have no idea how much they know of what happened, and I will certainly never ask. I immediately told my best friend and my husband what happened, and they both laughed their asses off at me and still give me shit, pun intended, to this day. Every time I run by that bush, I think of that morning. And to be honest, I feel no shame. I wonder if the bush is just like thriving, like it's huge, like it's fertilized. (laughs) It's never been greener. It's just stunning. Just beautiful blossoms. Absolutely. It flowered for the first time in 30 years. Like she is thriving. Anyway, I thought you would all appreciate this story and you can use this as further reason why you should never run or work out. I agree. I have a friend who ran around Lake Bademacosca and had to run into the lake and shit because he <laughs> was about to shit his pants. Like the act of running just makes you need to poop, I guess. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you it's remember things? Uh, there was like the Excelsior Marathon when we were Ish. in high school. Sure. Well, okay. Growing up, they mm. every summer they had a marathon around Excelsior. They'd run right past Kenyon's house, mm. and one year Elizabeth found poopy toilet paper behind their shed. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. it's a very real thing. It's super I guess. real. It is super real. Friggin' yikes! Ew. Okay. Well, I, I have freaks. a quick anecdote, which is basically a confession on Corey's. Oh God. Part. Oh no! <laughs> Throw him under the bus. He's about, here we go. I'm chucking him under. He, I didn't know this story until a couple weeks ago. (laughs) Oh my God. Apparently. He's keeping secrets from you. You can't trust him. No, I can't. Mm. I'll file for a divorce again. Yeah. Yeah. Again. (laughs) (laughs) So he was golfing. So again, exercise, don't do it. Mm -hmm. And they were playing 18 holes. It was a beautiful big course. They were on like the ninth or 10th hole. So as far away from the main clubhouse as you can be. Yeah, that's 18. That's way too many holes. Uh, It takes like four fucking hours. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, No. 
and he had to sh- he had to shit really bad all of a sudden. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and he's like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, there's no way I'm going to make it back. I don't think they had a cart. I think they were walking. Also mm, fucking insane. dumb. That's, yeah, what the fuck are you thinking? So he, the 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 most logical place for him to go in that moment was to hop a barbed wire fence. Yes. And then yes. go down and poop in a ditch right next to a gravel road. So he's like, well, sure. oh, it's gravel road. I've never seen anyone drive on this road. Like, whatever. It's probably someone's, like, driveway. He's going to take his poop down the old town road. He's going to poop, like, till he can't no more. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, sh- he pooped. <laughs> and I guess he's, like, looking down, looking for leaves to wipe mm-hmm. to wipe himself. And he, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a little trail of, like... Five or six cars. Oh no! That drove past, and they all honked at him because <gasps> they could totally see what was going on. Oh, poor Corey! I think he was standing up to wipe as they like were oh. driving past. They all honked. Oh, oh god! Like teasing honks, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I, oh, he heard Tom. The guy, his friend who he was with, was like, Corey, like trying to wave him down when he first went into the ditch. And so he he thought that Tom was warning him that there were cars coming. Oh, no. But Mm. it turns out Tom was trying to tell him that there was a full, clean, beautiful bathroom, like right around the corner on the course. Oh, 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 it's too late. It was too late. It was too late. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor guy. He said, well, that's my most embarrassing poop story. I'm like, how is that not your most embarrassing story, period? Period. Yeah, period, full stop. Stop at story. (laughs) Oh, Bubba. Anyway, so just to this coven confessor, shit happens. (laughs) Shit literally happens. Oh my god, poor thing. I know. Well, whatever. He's, Get, send Corey he's my line. <laughs> he's recovered. I'll let him know that I told the story on air. <laughs> I'll send him a card, uh, my condol- a condolence card <laughs> for his trauma. <laughs> I'll make sure he gets into therapy. I'll sign him up for talk space. Please do. Okay, here's our next confession. Okay. Hello, Lucy, Kenyon, and Amanda. I have a confession, but for legal purposes, since bitches oh, are crazy, I would like to remain anonymous. Or, or, by the way, you're all anonymous. Yeah, we never, we never tell. I would like to remain anonymous. Unless we're subpoenaed. Or, <laughs> well, we won't be telling any more murder confessions. No. <laughs> it was an accidental murder. It was I just think. a witness to a maybe murder. Yeah, who knows? It's fine, whatever. (laughs) Don't subpoena us. Okay. (laughs) I would like to remain anonymous or just change my name, but give me a cool one like Janice or Tuna. (laughs) I still die laughing at that episode. Anywho. Tuna it is. (laughs) Tuna. Let me set the scene. I am 18 and had just graduated high school, and I was young and dumb and decided to move into a house with a roommate. I moved in with a friend of my then-boyfriend, We will call her Callie, who was 25. Everything was going great through the summer while I was working full time and she was going to school full time. My then boyfriend started making comments about how I was gaining weight. Mm, Great. Not cool. He then mentioned this to Callie, who then pressured me to work out. Like, what the fuck? If I wanted to work out, I would. I would. I'm not going to lose weight for an ignorant man who can't understand what hips are. Mm -hmm. Go off, honey. Mm -hmm. After many attempts at body shaming me and pressuring me to work out, Callie started to act different. 
She was very rude and would make the living situation uncomfortable as often as possible. Mm. One day, I didn't vacuum the stairs that led up to her bedroom, and she was pissed. Yeah, that's part of your bedroom. Deal with it. Oh, my God. I was in my room, and I always locked the door while in there, as she had a habit of just walking in and yelling at me or lecturing me. What the fuck? Jesus, move out. Yeah. I then hear her come home and instantly start screaming, calling me a bitch and how I'm a sloppy, fat whore. Oh, my God. Fuck. As if that amount of crazy wasn't enough, she unlocked my door, had one of uh, those locks you can just pick with a butter knife. Oh, no. This batshit woman, oh, my God. This batshit woman opened it with a chopping knife. <gasps> she was waving it in my face while still no. screaming at me and pointing the knife at me. Okay, well, that is a threat of violence, and you could have this person arrested. Uh-huh. My fight or flight instincts came in and I pushed her right out the door and called the police. Mm -hmm. She slept at her boyfriend's that night. Good. Bye. The next day while she was at school, before I was done packing up all my stuff because I was not about to be turned into cubed meat in my sleep, Mm -hmm. I decided that revenge was a good idea. A dish best served cold. Oh my God, this is bad. Oh no. I cut up jalapenos. (gasps) And rubbed them on every single crotch of her underwear that she owned. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Uh, I put thawed shrimp under her mattress and canned tuna in her room vents as it was October and starting to get cold. So that vent was about to warm up every warm up the tuna every time the furnace was on. (laughs) Holy shit. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. I can't condone behavior that, like, affects a person's body, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the jalapeno thing, but the tuna thing, great, mm. great. <laughs> that oh. might be worse. It's all bad. About two weeks after I moved out and dumped that piece of shit boyfriend, I heard from a mutual friend that Callie had gotten uh, a very oh, no. bad vaginal infection that just wasn't <laughs> going away. Oops. Oh, no. And that there were strange odors in the house that they couldn't find the source of. Mm. I still, to this day, eight years later, have never told anyone what I did to her, yet gives me such satisfaction that she suffered long after I was gone. She definitely deserved it after pressuring me to work out, though. Definitely a psychopath. But looking back now, I probably wouldn't have gotten revenge. (laughs) Haha, just kidding. That bitch deserved it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Awful. Wow. Oh, that is that is insidious. It's creative. Yeah, it's very creative. It's very creative. Wow. Now my vagina feels spicy, even though I have not had anything spicy. Well, that's not true. I had something spicy earlier today, but I just feel like I need to go change my underwear just to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just scared. I have phantom spicy vag. (laughs) Is what I have. Yeah, don't tell anyone ever in any context to lose weight. Yeah, don't. I mean, unless don't. you're a doctor and it's for health reasons. And even then, that's still pushing it. Yeah. Like, it's... there's so much fat phobia in the medical field that it's like, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, just fucking don't. Yeah, just don't. Uh, all right, well, we got one more. Should we go for it? Let's go for it. Uh, I'm scared about more spicy vagina. Okay. (laughs) 
Since you gals seem to like the gross confessions, I have a gift for you. Yes. Oh, no. Also, you people like the gross confessions. Yeah. <laughs> this is your fault. We don't get any other confessions anymore. <laughs> well, I, I want to had... go back to murders like the good old days. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> okay. I recently had my wisdom teeth out as an adult. I'm 25, parentheses, and no, Lucy, they wouldn't let me keep them. I asked. What the fuck? I know. Sometimes they have to break them up into little chunks, mm, though. That might be why. It's just uh, yours. God. Yeah. Keep the chunks. Yeah. And I was prescribed opioids for the pain. Having your wisdom teeth out as an adult is a vastly different experience than doing so as a teen. Adult bones do not heal with the same gusto, resulting in an incredible amount of pain. Being in excruciating pain, I was taking my prescription diligently. Perhaps too diligently. Uh-oh. I had mine out when I was like 23. I was so 19, I, I think, when I got mine out. But yeah, it sucks. Uh-huh. On the fourth day after my procedure, I had been taking a pill every four hours since surgery. And if you don't know, a side effect of opioids is constipation. <gasps> yup. I hadn't pooped in about five days. No. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. On day five, I felt a familiar pressure in my bum and excitedly pranced to the bathroom, ready to finally relieve myself. <laughs> I sat down, pushed, pushed, and pushed some more. Don't put, with, don't force. I know. With nothing to show for it besides one small rock hard turd sitting in the bowl. I hate that. Uh-huh. Ready to throw in the towel, I stood up but quickly realized I had to finish what I started. I sat back down again and kept pushing. An hour and a half later. Oh, I hope you brought a book. Oh, this sounds like labor. My God. Yeah, really. <laughs> I was nearly in tears. I had She's been straining drowning. so. Oh, God. I had been straining so hard. I was out of breath and feeling like I was going to throw up. Yeah, you can't do that. You got to just. Drink a fuck ton of water and take a laxative and let it happen. Oh, I wouldn't recommend that either. I'll, um, I have an anecdote and I'll tell after. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> my body was in full cold sweats. And at that point, I had stripped off all my clothing, desperately trying to cool down. I'd made no progress and I could not give up as the bloated five days worth of contents of my large intestine were sitting right at the opening of my butthole, <laughs> stretching it out with no room to retreat. Oh, my I God. Knew, <gasps> I knew what I had to do. <gasps> Taking a deep breath, I reached behind me and I went for it. Oh, I've had to do this before, though, too. I. Oh, my God. This is... <laughs> I touched... I touched my butthole <laughs> and to my horror found it was dilated to about the diameter of a soda can. Oh my God. With it spread so wide, I was easily Holy able shit. to slide my fingers inside and feel the situation. <laughs> Thank the gods I didn't have acrylic nails on. <laughs> oh my God. What I felt were days worth of hard, compacted turds stretching the diameter of my lower intestine far past that of my already stretched out anus. <gasps> Oh my god these puppies weren't coming out on their own oh. Oh. i pick be- throw up okay. mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'm fine i'm fine it's almost over i began to shovel handfuls of poo out of my butt oh. 
<laughs> Being able to almost fully put your hand up your rear end and grab turds is a truly jarring experience. Oh my god! Uh, oh. I'm gonna sweat. Once I removed <laughs> the front layer, the rest toppled what? freely out of my gaping hole <laughs> and into the bowl. The front layer? Oh, it's oh, like a I'm champagne cork. I'm gonna gag. Ooh, I was flooded with relief, but of course, also horrified. <laughs> I washed my hands over and over again and showered without fully feeling clean until days later. I haven't had the courage to tell anyone close to me about this experience and therefore have been suffering with the memory in silence. <laughs> Thank you for reading and I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! Like, just stool softener, though. No, okay, I I'll tell you my story, and this is why I don't recommend that. I don't know. So I was not on opiates at the time, but I didn't know what was wrong with me. I was constipated. I was in college. I thought I was just stressed out. So I mm -hmm. got a stool softener and then got up in the middle of the night because I had to shit so bad. Mm -hmm. But I went to go sit on the toilet and it was not coming out. <laughs> it was right. just like this. Yeah. I couldn't like it was like it wasn't even it, it wasn't even there. It was there was no dilated asshole or anything. <laughs> and it hurt so fucking bad. I was sweating, I was crying. I couldn't go Aww. back to sleep. It was Aww. I couldn't I couldn't shit, couldn't do anything. So I went to the student health center the next day, mm -hmm. and they shoved a camera up my ass, oh. which is awful, and they told me that I was having bowel spasms. Oh, no. So my butt muscles were just shut. Ouch. Totally clenched shut. Oh. So I had to take pills to loosen my bowels, and then I could finally shit, but my God. he was like, yeah, I don't blame you for taking stool softeners, but that might have been the worst thing you could have done oh <laughs> your like, circumstance seems extreme well they were stress induced so mm -hmm. yeah my body manifests stress in a very in very bizarre ways in a very clenchy way i literally shut my asshole oh you <laughs> poor baby <laughs> oh my god well those are the coven confessions this month holy shit Literally. Jesus Christ. Lots of shit. Yep. And I guess send more <laughs> our way yeah. through that contact us page on our website. <laughs> I guess. If you fucking must. If you must. Jesus. Uh, Kenya needs to come back soon. I can't deal. <laughs> I know. We need her. We need her back. <laughs> we need her back. I can't read these Oh, anymore. my God. All right. Let's I take, can't do it anymore. Let's take one more break to hear from our sponsors. Okay. Care Of is a subscription service that ships high-quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. Tell us more, Lucy. Could not be easier. Creating and sticking to a manageable self-care routine that you enjoy is the best way to achieve long-term positive change, starting with a healthy fall routine. It's a new season, people. It's a new you. Yeah, make a new routine. Mm -hmm. So whether it's like prioritizing morning journaling or afternoon walks in the cooler weather, some leaf peeping, mm -hmm. or taking your vitamins, it's a great way to make small changes that really add up. So how it works 
Like I said, so easy. You take this really short, in-depth quiz about your lifestyle, your the goals that you have for your health, and then out comes a personalized recommendation. So they take the guesswork out of what supplements are best suited for you. And there's always things that I like kind of recognize, like vitamin C. Yeah, okay. Or vitamin D, yes, because I hardly ever go outside. But then mm. there are some things that I'd never heard of before. And if I'm just looking through the supermarket trying to find a new supplement to take, it's, 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 you're not in the dark. They give you all this information. You know exactly what it is, the backstory behind it. And you can just trust what they, the recommendations that they give you. They also come in these cute little packets. They're great for on the go. These packets are also made of plant-based compostable film. So you can just rest a little easier Mm -hmm. when you're thinking about your impact on the environment. So for 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter the code GALS50. That's G-A-L-S-5-0. One more time, for 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter that code GALS50 and treat your wellness. Treat it. This is the Coroner Corner where I talk Mm -hmm. about some of the... Some more creepy shit you guys have sent in. Great. So this first article was sent in by Coven member Jerry, and I'm going to dedicate it to Amanda's pancreas. Oh, okay. And it won't make sense at first, but it will make too much sense when I'm finished. Great. The mystery of what happened to the bodies of more than 20,000 men who were killed at the Battle of Waterloo has dogged historians for decades. Despite the passing of more than 200 years since the Duke of Wellington's triumph over Napoleon's forces in 1815, Mm -hmm. only two skeletons of fallen men have been found, with the most recent discovery coming last month, which I believe was July, because this is a fairly recent article. Mm -hmm. But now bombshell new research suggests that the remains of men and tens of thousands of horses are missing because they were ground down and used to filter brown sugar beet into refined white sugar. No. The gruesome practice likely took place at other Napoleonic battle sites with sugar factories existing nearby. (gasps) The factory at Waterloo in Belgium was just three miles from the sites of mass graves from which the bones of fallen men and animals may have been taken. Oh, God. It's so bizarre. The new research was carried out by respected historians Dr. Bernard Wilkin and Robin Schaefer, along with archaeologist Professor Tony Pollard from the University of Glasgow. The team discovered dozens of contemporary written accounts in Belgian, German, and French archives that suggested the bones were plundered from 1834 onwards and used for the burgeoning sugar industry in Belgium. Some of this sugar could have ended up in Britain for use in the production of sweet treats or to sweeten tea and coffee. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. One written account in the German newspaper Prager Tagblatt <laughs> in 1879. <laughs> German is insane. Noted, oh, my God. Noted that using honey to sweeten food avoided the risk of, quote, having your great-grandfather's atoms dissolved in your coffee one fine morning. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Another written by a French traveler who, visited, who had visited Waterloo in the 1830s complained how the, quote, greatest memory of modern history had been mutilated for sugar. Ugh. A third reveals how the mayor of Bren Lalude, 
Nailed it. Brain Lalliad, mm-hmm. <laughs> the area where the Waterloo Battle Site was located, issued a decree in 1834 slamming what they called excavations to dig up the bones of the Waterloo dead. Ugh. Dr. Wilkins said of this research, it is without any doubt the most exciting discovery on the Battle of Waterloo in re- recent times. Wow. The research also builds on previous work by Professor Pollard showing that some of the bones of the Waterloo dead were ground down and used to make valuable phosphate fertilizer. Oh, my God. So this article goes on. There's like a lot of background about the Battle of Waterloo, but. Blah, blah, blah. Basically, 20,000 soldiers, roughly, and like a bunch of fucking horses Mm -hmm. were killed. And they just dug up these really, these huge mass graves. Mm -hmm. supposedly, but, like, researchers today can't find those graves. Right. So So this makes sense. They they already knew that that they were probably used to make fertilizer. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But not not, sugar. It wasn't used to make the sugar. It was used to, well, here, I'll tell you. The trade in bones took off in Belgium in 1834 after a new law had liberalized the practice. Figures taken from Belgian parliamentary debates show how, while no bones were exported from Belgium to France between 1832 and 1833, the trade exploded from 1834 when over 770,000 pounds of bones were transported Mm. from Belgium to France just the next year after they passed this law. Damn. They were, like, waiting. Mm Mm-hmm. More than two decades earlier, French entrepreneur Charles de Rosne found that ground down and heated bone, known as bone char, was a more effective filter of sugar beet than charcoal. This discovery prompted a huge demand that was fueled in part by the setup in Belgium. So meaning the sugar factory that was close to the to the to the mass grave. To the site. <laughs> Yeah. When the sugar industry was established in the Waterloo region in 1834, sugar beets overtook other crops that had previously been dominant. So, like, lots of, lots, they, they like their sugar. Mm-hmm. Again, this is a very long article. To make refined sugar, beets were cut into shreds before being cooked and pressed until their juices came out. Then mm-hmm. the juice is filtered through what used to be charcoal. And, and now, now it's, it's bone, bone char. Meal. Yeah. yeah. It just makes the filtering process better. And they used to use, or like the main the main way they used to use to, to do that, the bones were like animal bones. Yeah. So they literally are using human bone to like make sugar. It's in the process, the filtration process of the sugar. Yeah. So Fuck of course ew. some of the bone ends up in the sugar. Oh, you know it. So people were just making a shitload of money selling these bones because it, it i mean in the mass graves there's like horse bones and human bones mm-hmm, and whatever they mm-hmm. didn't discriminate they just dug nope. it all up and sold it and made a shitload of yep. money oh my god ick yeah that's 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 that's, that's pretty okay. much the whole article so cool great thank you uh-huh. uh next time great. you're now thinking yep. about sugar towards the yep. middle of the 19th century it's probably yep. a good chance there's some bones in there Cool. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. I need to not use any more vintage sugar. <laughs> I have to stop my vintage sugar intake. I know it's I know it's going to be hard. I know it's gonna be really the addiction tough. is real, but yep. mm-hmm. time to modernize, you know? Fucking yuck. <laughs> Thanks for dedicating that to my pancreas. <laughs> you beast. 
Well, okay. So this next article, I suppose, is also dedicated to Amanda, but in like a way less fun way. <laughs> okay. I'm feeling targeted and I love it. <laughs> You're a Libra. You love it. Yeah. It's almost my, well, my birthday just happened uh, as this airs. Oh, yeah. So these are all my birthday presents. My terrible macabre birthday presents. By the way, your actual birthday present is in the mail. I finally mailed it today. <gasps> It'll be here on Thursday. Oh, my God. Okay, thank you. Okay, so this article was sent in by Regina. Thank you, Regina. Achille Chateauilleux, a.k.a. the French tickler. Oh, no. Died in 1912 and wished for his body to be displayed forever in his favorite clown costume. Why? Why are you doing this? (laughs) It's so bizarre. There are photos on the drive. No! <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. God damn it. It's okay. so fucking weird. Carl Crew, owner of the California Institute of Abnormal Arts, or the CIA, located in North yeah. Hollywood, California. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's so fucked up. <laughs> oh He doesn't my even God. look that good. Oh. I mean, he died, you know, a hundred and... 110 years ago, but... You are a bad person. No, I'm not. Yes. It's information. You are. (laughs) It gets Uh, gets better. Okay. Why is he dressed like a clown pope? I don't know. So the 105-year-old embalmed body of Achille Chateauilleux, which is like 110 years old now, now lays creepily peacefully at the CIA, but how does one acquire a clown corpse? Crew explains, quote... A family came through, and they were talking about their circus ranch, which houses all these crazy things. One of them was a relative on display. This is okay. I, okay. (laughs) Since they were always away from the ranch, and their relative never really got to be shown off, I told them, bring him down. So they did, 21 years ago. Now they come back every year, and we do a memorial service for Achille Chateauilleux. His family no. his family had him hermetically sealed in clown no. makeup. No. And dressed him in his Shriners Parade outfit from the first Ugh. Shriners Parade in 1906 in Detroit. Oh my god. This was my favorite detail. He was one of the last bodies to be gravity embalmed. So they strapped the body down to a table and then turn it upside down letting gravity pull the chemicals through the body while it, like, bled out on the other end. Okay. Kind of interesting. Yeah, it's great. Although Crew leased the body for six months in 2002, he claims that the owners, quote, forgot to retrieve it, and the corpse remains at the CIA in a hermetically sealed glass coffin, the body itself embalmed with arsenic and mercury. His, oh, great. his corpse was such a prominent fixture of the CIA that L.A. Weekly newspaper ranked the venue in its Best of L.A. 2006 list as the best place to find a dead clown. <gasps> <laughs> I. Oh, my God. It's so gross. This is the most fucked up thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Ever in my life. And I don't know why there's so many, like, Catholic things, icons around him. I There's a Pope, there's cross, he's got a cross on his chest. Are the... Yeah, but there's also, like, a prancing pony and, like, a raggedy Ann doll. It is fucked. There's a clown horn, like a honky horn. Stop. Yeah. Nope. Nope. We're good. 
Next. So fucking next. <laughs> the one with more of the Catholic stuff, that's like an oil painting. The one with the creepy dolls is an actual photograph. Oh, really? Yeah, if you look closer. Oh, well, that's a great oil painting. Yep. Yep. Yeah, well. Yep. That is the French tickler. I really hate you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I hate you, Regina. I hate you most of all. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. This Ugh. next article was sent in by Monica. Trigger warning. This is very dark, but also a girl can dream. Um, this is from okay. the BBC. It'll make sense in two seconds. Also, you've seen like storage wars. Yeah. So oh, yeah. think that it's kind of a storage wars situation. Uh-oh. Okay. Bodies. What did they find? Bodies found in New Zealand auction suitcases were <gasps> of two young children. Oh, no. Oh, no. Human remains found in two suitcases bought at auction in New Zealand contained the bodies of two young children, say detectives. The bodies had probably been in storage for several years, and the victims were thought to have been aged between 5 and 10 when they died. Oh, my God. Items found with the cases are being studied in an, in an attempt to identify them. The remains were found when a family in South Auckland opened the suitcases at home after buying them last week. The children were concealed in two suitcases of similar size. A detective inspector says, quote, the nature of this discovery provides some complexities to the investigation, especially given the time lapsed between the time of death and the time of discovery. Mm -hmm. As well as using personal and household items found alongside the cases in a bid to identify the, the bodies, Police are checking hours of CCTV footage, but they fear key moments may have been erased because of how fucking long it was. Yeah. So the detective said police in New Zealand were working with international criminal police agency Interpol, though relatives of the victims are thought to be in the country of New Zealand. This mm. is no easy investigation. What I can say is that we're making good progress with DNA inquiries. It's understood that the family who found the bodies had gone to the storage unit and purchased a trailer load of goods, including the suitcases, from a local storage company last Thursday. Mm -hmm. So this happened in, like, mm, August, I think. Okay. They reiterated that the family who bought the suitcases had no connection to the victims, and they were distressed and being offered support. Both I'm sure. That would be horrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both the storage unit and property where the suitcases were taken to have been thoroughly examined by forensic experts. Mm. But I was looking for photos to go along with this, and <gasps> oh, I discovered no. there's more. Oh, no. As of September 15th, so this is just a couple weeks ago, as we record this, they have made a break in the case. Oh, my God. It's another BBC article. South Korean police say they've arrested a woman accused of murdering her two children who were found in suitcases last month. <gasps> Korean police said the victims were aged 7 and 10. Oh. New Zealand has applied for the woman's extradition from South Korea. Apparently, she had fled to South Korea in 2018 after the children's death. Mm. She is a 42-year-old New Zealand national of Korean descent. Mm. A global Interpol warrant had been issued for her arrest. Officers arrested her on Thursday in a midnight raid on an apartment in the southeastern city of Ulsan. It followed a stakeout after investigators received tips about her whereabouts. Wow. Quote, to have someone in custody overseas within such a short period of time has, yeah. has all been down to the assistance of the Korean authorities and the coordination by our New Zealand police Interpol staff. That is pretty amazing because that's not usually how this goes. No. I, it's yeah. 
I think inter- we should do Interpol crimes. We totally should. I think it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Police have requested the suspect be denied bail prior to her extradition to New Zealand where she faces murder charges. Local media there reported the family had lived in Auckland for a few years and the children's father had died of cancer prior to their deaths. And they believe that the children's grandparents still live in New Zealand. Oh, God. How fucking sad is that case? I am interested to see, like, what the fuck happened. <laughs> like, right. It's so random. Yeah. Like, I don't want to know, but I also do want to know. Well, it's already happened. It happened. So right. knowing how and why mm-hmm. is uh, the next step. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Well, I'm just glad justice can actually be somewhat served in this case because so often, they, yeah, if they, you're not, they found her gone, so fast. They found her really fucking fast. That's mm-hmm. like incredible. Mm-hmm. Damn. All right. Storage Shit. wars, man. Ugh. God. Okay. Last but not least, I've got an obituary area. Obituary mm. area. This is from NPR. Okay. Fred Franzia, creator Flintstone. of <laughs> creator of Two Buck Chuck. And champion mm-hmm. of affordable wine has died. Oh. Uh, at the age of 79. Whoa, the Franzia Franzia? Yeah, Franzia. The Franzia. The Franzia. Wow. The Franzia family and the Bronco Wine Company announced Franzia's death on Instagram. Franzia oh. founded the company with one of his brothers and a cousin in 1973. Wow, what a legacy. The trio aimed to create high-quality wines at a value for wine consumers. Well, they did part of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the company says, Core to his vision was a belief that wine should be enjoyed and consumed on every American table. Capital mm. A, capital T. <laughs> when asked how Bronco Wine Company can sell wine less expensive than a bottle of water, Fred, Fred mm-hmm. T. Franzia famously countered, They're overcharging for the water. Don't you get it? It's true. Yeah. He's not wrong. No. The California they are overcharging for water. Yeah. The California winemaker said countless times over his career that a person should not have to pay more than $10 for a bottle of wine. Hear, hear. The thought, while appealing to many, was just as distressing to many people who indulge in more expensive wines. Still, Franzia did well to bring affordable wine to the masses through his plethora of brands and his savvy business tactics of buying and selling wine in bulk at opportune times, as detailed by The New Yorker. Probably none of these are more famous than the Charles Shaw brand that is sold exclusively at Trader Joe's grocery stores. For years, consumers could grab a bottle or two for just $1.99 each. Two buck chuck. The price has gone up some, but Two Buck Chuck still remains well within grasp for those who value affordability. Amazing. It's also competed with pricier wines and come out on top. In 2004, the 2002 Charles Shaw Shiraz won a prestigious double gold medal at the 28th Annual International Eastern Wine Competition. Nice. Among the 2,300 other wines. Amazing. Can you imagine the fucking people who lost to two buck chuck? <laughs> yeah, to two Just buck so chuck. pissed. Oh, I love that. Carol Emmert, a wine columnist at the time, told NPR she wasn't surprised at how well the Char- Charles Shaw brand did. They told Morning Edition, the flavor profile 
of Charles Shaw tends to be very fruit forward, very likable, very approachable. It has a surprising amount of tannin and other types of complexity, which is why people are so wowed by the fact that they can get it for two dollars. It doesn't. It ain't bad. It doesn't taste like a cheap, simple, syrupy wine. Mm-hmm. Some of the franziest stuff does. Well, like some of the boxed wine shit. But the two buck truck is actually pretty damn good. Uh huh. I've. I think I've only had like the rosé franzia in like college. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's. It it hits different when you're drinking it out of a straw. A thousand percent <laughs> over ice. <laughs> in a Burger King cup. Yep. So you can walk around Iowa City on Halloween with it. Yeah. Too specific? Okay. Oh, that <laughs> is like a special memory. I can like taste that memory. Yeah. <laughs> Especially good because that year I went as a gilf, a grandma I'd like to fuck. Oh my God. It was the best costume. I feel like we did something similar when Courtney and I came down for Halloween that one time. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Oh, in Des Moines? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. God. And we came down for near Halloween, I feel like, when you were still in Cedar Falls. Something like that. I just love... And you were in that I've... big, weird rental house, and we kept losing Ghostface in the basement and trying to find her. <gasps> I remember that house. It was like a frat house. Yeah. We had a party. Someone stole my digital camera that night. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so fun. Yes. Oh, man. Blortney and I used to go down to Iowa to visit you and, like, just get... Hammer. It was so fun. <laughs> I know. God, college the good was old days. awesome. <laughs> okay, just a little bit more about Franzia. While Franzia had a lot of success with bargain wines, he was not involved in the business of the popular Franzia boxed wine. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, he personally. As Wine Spectator reports, the Franzia brand was once owned by the same family, but it was sold to Coca-Cola before Fred founded Bronco Wine Company alongside the brother and cousin. The decision to sell the company didn't sit well with Franzia. He told The New Yorker in 2009, my dad, he was not a fighter. He just folded. And he and I went through a period of no communication. Oh, that's sad. (gasps) Oh, that is sad. Though the family's original brand was sold, Franzia made a point to keep Bronco Wine Company family owned, even as it went through vertical integration or bringing all aspects of its operations in-house. Right. The company says his entrepreneurial spirit, tireless dedication, and his commitment to both his family and to the Bronco family will forever be remembered. His legacy will endure for generations to come. Wow. So R.I.P. to Buck Chuck. What a complicated tapestry that's sort of eluded at in that uh, obit. I know. I feel like this would be a good biography. Like a Oh, God. A- I accidentally look at the fucking clown again. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. <laughs> Oh, my God. I turned away. <laughs> Fucking fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm physically mailing you a birthday gift to make up for the clown for the French tickler. Thank you, I guess. <laughs> well, Jesus Christ. that's the corner corner for this wow. month. So Beautiful. Wrapped up gack. Thank you to everybody who sent stuff in. And incredible. Continue Except doing for so. Gina. Fuck you, Regina. You're a monster. (laughs) You are a monster. (laughs) Bye-bye. I like it. Okay. We will see you next month. Remember to um, be careful with your stool softeners. Oh. And your tampons, your pads. Oh, my God. And your clown burials, I guess. And your hedgehogs and your hoglets. Oh, your hoglets. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next month. Bye-bye.
Being a mom is one of the most rewarding and fulfilling unpaid jobs there is. It can also really fucking suck and drain the life out of you. You said the quiet part out loud. That's what we do here at Anonymous Mom, a podcast for two childhood friends reconnect to discuss mom life, adulting, and everything in between. Join our Facebook group, Anonymous Mom, where you can post questions or topics you want us to discuss on air. Or just vent and get that shit off your chest. Because you can post anonymously if you want to. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers!